Every day, my friend Gordon and I talk about politics. UK politics, US politics, Brexit, Trump, stuff that's going on in the world, you name it. So we thought we'd record it and share it with everyone in what we're calling the experiment. Morning, Gordon. Happy uh, 1st of November. Uh, I think that the and if you hear some noise in the background, I'm looking after a dog today, and uh, and I also have a bit of a cold, so forgive me. Um, I think that the Senate or senators have uh, a natural cover that they can kind of hide be uh, hide behind in that they are jurors of this impeachment um, uh, inquiry. And I think the slight bind that they're in is if they're saying, well, actually, I'm not going to comment on this because I want to be impartial because of the the upcoming trial then uh, it gets them out of answering questions, but it also legitimizes the impeachment. And of course, Trump would prefer the impeachment to not be legitimate, right? It, like legitimate, legitimizing the whole process is in and of itself um, uh, a capitulation in some, in some people's eyes, uh, and uh, especially in the eyes of the base. And I think in, uh, and you saw that plainly with the vote in the House, uh, and when uh, McCarthy was asked, uh, are you categorically saying that um, that the president didn't do uh, anything improper? The question was not, do you think he should be impeached? Did he do anything improper? McCarthy and the House Republicans uh, said, uh, absolutely not. He did not. So so um, I'm paraphrasing that. But basically, it was a very, very clear uh, declaration that no, the president didn't do anything improper. That's quite different than I think what a lot of Republicans would like to would like to say if they were free to, uh, to adopt a more kind of Clintonian de defense of yeah, what he did was not good, but it's not bad enough to be impeached. So you're just going after him because of this, right? And uh, but so I think you're seeing a difference in strategy in terms of the Senate and the House. Um, part of that also is like senators can afford to wait. And if the tide turns on Trump quickly, um, it will it will turn with the Senate involved, not with the with the House. So I think uh, I think uh, Mitch McConnell is is quite smart to uh, to be adopting a much more serious tone than the House Republicans. Um, so uh, so yeah, I, I actually think it's it's proceeding. Um, I don't know uh, in an interesting way. But in a way that that has gotten more and more professional uh, as the weeks have gone on, I watched. Uh, you know, so Nancy Pelosi uh, had her vote yesterday, um, and then immediately she went on Stephen Colbert, uh, and so I watched that this morning. I have to say, like, I get, I get why she did it, but I actually think that it was a that was a wrong move. It wasn't that she was bad or anything. It's just that I think. Nancy Pelosi is a, a street fighter. You know, she she really does play hardball. But going immediately on to Stephen Colbert and and uh, talking about it, uh, just kind of, I just feel like that that's an example of like a subtle thing that Democrats sometimes do that really pisses off voters who might be thinking, oh, uh, is this a legitimate? You know, impeachment fight or not, and the the nature the the uh, the what she actually said on the show was not bad. Uh, it's just that 
you know, I can already hear the, oh, you know, Nancy Pelosi calls this vote and immediately goes and gets three segments on Colbert to, to you know, to uh, bash the president. Just, I don't, I don't see why that kind of stuff is needed. Anyway, I uh, would be interested to hear uh, your thoughts uh, for that or, or with that. On the UK side with Sajid Javid and um, Hugh Grant, I have to say I didn't really pay very much attention to it. I saw that it was a news item, but I didn't actually know the backstory that you had outlined. Um, I just think I think it's a waste of time, <laughs> uh, uh, especially on Javid's side, and especially if it is how you you know articulated it. The there is no reason then to to bring that up unless you're going for the uh, you know. Um, the Hollywood liberal elites uh, don't understand uh, real people and they don't have the common decency to even shake the hand of the chancellor, you know? And uh, I get it. I think it's, again, I think it's like a waste of time or a waste of political uh, strategy, just like the, you know, Boris Johnson is, uh, is um, uh, breaking his promises. Um, so I, I I don't really see the the point with that Trump uh, interfering. That's it's actually it's it's an unfortunate another example of a U.S. president involving him uh, himself in U.K. politics. You know Barack Obama did it in uh, 2016 with the referendum, uh, and then Trump has increasingly done it. <laughs> uh, and it's just I mean it's just not a good color on on him. Nor is it a good color for uh, or is not nor is it good for. Uh, you know, Boris Johnson. One thing I am interested about that I've been reading is, uh, and, and which came out of that a little bit, was Nigel Farage now starting to equivocate over this whole no uh, pact thing. Uh, obviously, he would be up for a pact uh, with the conservatives, but uh, uh, Johnson had been against it. But now there's talk that uh, that Farage might, um, might be... Uh, you know, uh, considering not running candidates in heavily uh, Brexit conservative uh, areas. And that, I think, if, if something, like if I were the conservatives, I would be pushing hard for that because that's actually something that would really, really impact my ability to, uh, you know, uh, to get a majority. And, and so that's the first rumblings that I'm hearing of that. And I think that would be a big deal if the Brexit party only targeted uh, you know, uh, labor uh, uh, constituencies that uh, voted to leave, for example, I think that would be a real problem for, for labor and a real boon for the conservatives. Uh, far more impactful than the Lib Dem, Plaid Cymru and uh, uh, Green Pact, uh, from my point of view. Hey, I uh, uh, hope you're feeling a bit better from your, from your cold. Uh, what well, what was this? What was this dog you were looking after? Why why were you looking after a dog? Did you get into any kind of japes? It sounds like a sounds like a what well, sounds like it would be a thing. Um, so I guess you've probably uh, seen the news already, but uh, uh, Beto O'Rourke has just pulled out of the um, uh, Democratic presidential uh, 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 race. Um, I mean, he was a he was a leading candidate right up until the moment he declared his candidacy, and after that he started fizzling but it's not really clear to me why he didn't really take off i mean yeah when he launched he had what the the biggest fundraising numbers and he like you know gave famously he gave speeches by standing on top of uh you know tables or bar tops and stuff and there seemed to be a bit of excitement about his campaign especially after he'd done such a you know 
come so close to beating Ted Cruz in the Senate in Texas. Uh, and he really kind of carved out a niche as being particularly um, strong on gun control after the uh, after a shooting back in El, El Paso. Um, so why do you think he didn't really take off? Uh, I guess there was a very kind of similar brand with uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, uh, who kind of ran as like, you know, very, very young, but also very kind of dynamic, but also a bit bit centrist on, 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 on some policy. Um, why, why do you think Bader didn't really take off? Um, I, uh, I hadn't actually heard that. So you, you were breaking that to me. Um, I, uh, I guess I'm pretty biased against Beto just because I've never really been super impressed with him. But, um, uh, so bearing that in mind, I think he's uh, the perfect example of, uh, what a lot of people accuse Justin Trudeau of being an, an actor who plays a politician very well. Um, I think he he is like the the perfect uh incarnation of uh of the woke uh cool uh, guy that just gets it and and you know uh he's um uh he 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 plays that like white male ally part very well but underneath i feel like he's there's there's not a huge amount there uh in terms of policy or or in terms of in terms of substance even though he's he's certainly a smart guy um so why didn't he take off like i mean i think his vanity fair spread is a good uh microcosm about why um because i think he thinks of himself very highly and and he thought he would be cruising to this and uh, and you can you compare him with Mayor Pete, and I think that's a really good comparison. Uh, Mayor Pete also certainly thinks very highly of himself, and he's certainly going after that kind of youthful, um, competent white male vote um, or uh, uh, white male candidate. Um, but I think there's a difference because Mayor Pete actually has some interesting background uh, to uh, to use as um as a, a starting off point even though he admits he's also you know quite privileged he's certainly he's he's not quite um as as privileged as as Beto is um and and I think also he knows how to put in the work like Beto's whole campaign was reliant on letting Beto be Beto and going off and finding himself and live streaming it for a few days and that that's fine when you're like a, you know, when when you when you are the underdog and and everyone you know loves you and thinks that you're cool and hip. It's quite another thing to actually build an operation to run for president. And so comparing him and Mayor Pete, you know, Mayor Pete came in second in terms of the fundraising hall last quarter. Uh, you know, he's serious. He's taking this seriously. You know, how many um how many uh, Iowa uh county captains did beto o'rourke have uh deployed you know uh uh what was his operation like i didn't read a thing about it so from my point of view this is not super surprising that it's happened i i i think i would have thought that beta would have thought enough of himself to hang on for a bit longer but um yeah i i, I think beto's i'm not surprised 